Hello and welcome to the week 9 edition of Spitball. I'm your host, Adri Bullhawk Mallows, and with me, as always, Marcus, I own Fantasy Football Henson. How are you, buddy? Good, 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 yes. How's your week been, my friend? Uh, it's been a good week, both uh, in uh, current standings and, of course, Fantasyland. Everything's good. Excellent. So, this week, you'll be pleased to know we've had our first viewer slash listener feedback. Ah, awesome. So, a big shout out to Lee Marshall from Edinburgh, who has uh, got in touch and given us a bit of food for thought this week. So, firstly, Lee, as promised, you might not have heard the show when this was going on, but as promised two weeks ago to our viewers, there'll be some goodies on their way to you uh, for being our first contributor to the show this year. Definitely. So congratulations. Um, He did raise some uh, interesting points, starting with uh, Doug Martin, who at the moment is just... Muscle hamster. Yeah, muscle hamster. Muscle hamster. Who's who's not really liking that nickname. Who hates it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but... um, He's raised some. What's not uh, to love? Well, what being called a hamster when you're a professional footballer? Yeah, what's what's not to love about that, Marcus? Oh, it could be worse. Could be gerbil. Gerbil hamster. Thinking same family. Not really much of a difference. Oh, there's a big difference. Yeah. Care yeah. to explain that? No. Okay. Moving swiftly on. So Lee um, brought up an interesting point about Doug Martin. When he was younger, he used to be into break dancing. So it's a random fact, which is awesome fact that you pointed out this, Lee. Um, break dancing, coordination, balance, rhythm, everything. Do you think his previous life as a break dancer may have an impact on his great balance and agility now as a running back? Mm, I have no idea, to be honest. Um, I haven't seen him dance. I'd love to see him dance. Um, I'd like to think what you've got. There's a lot of transferable skills that come out of football or in this vice versa, coming in dance through to football. Uh, I think generally he's just an amazing athlete so I think something like dance would be no problem for him whatsoever is it going to be a case of that you know if uh, NFL hadn't sort of come a calling he would have become a professional dancer who knows who knows maybe maybe Doug if you're listening maybe you can give us a tweet or an email wishful thinking I know but maybe you could get in touch and let us know yourself or someone who is close to Doug who's seen this pass it along to him and uh, literally we don't mind how we get in contact with you Doug just uh, any way we do yeah let us know let us know your thoughts <laughs> see if break dancing is the way forward if maybe for our flag football team we need to start introducing it as part of training to help our agility then you know we need to know these things so all helps appreciated also then in which case if you do manage to somehow listen to this uh, if you score this uh, this Sunday there's got to be some kind of break dancing move and then we'll, we'll, we will know, we will see it, and then we will know it's just for us. Absolutely, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> also, other great rookies this year, Ryan Tannehill. Mm. Having a great year in Miami at the moment, and following on from our th- thoughts of uh, Mr. Pierre-Paul last week, where he only picked up football in college. Again, Tannehill is another example, and thanks, Lee, again for pointing this out. Tannehill is another great example of someone who's only picked up the sport late in his development so he would have been sort of 18, 19 before he's even picked up the sport and look at how well he's conducting himself in Miami at the moment Yes, I mean uh, quarterback's difficult position to actually find the right um, 
characteristics in a person the the leadership the the determination the the intelligence the the pure athleticism there's a lot of um, ingredients that go into making a quarterback and so to find them undeveloped and raw uh, in someone who at the you know the same time sort of um, athletically sort of peaked yeah you you think that it's very hard to then suddenly try and transcribe a whole lot of um, possibly like new system, new ideologies into someone at that at that late stage when it is a big ask for student athletes to be able to to hold their own to to gain the perspective they need because a lot of them they go through the entire system from the the what they call peewee all the way up so some of them get it drilled in at a very early age that this is the way they want to go. Um, to suddenly find yourself in that position, and not only that, in the quarterback position. Yeah, with a hell of a lot of responsibility on your shoulders. Absolutely. I, I, I think it's very impressive to see where he's come from in only a few years' development. I mean, achieving what some guys do in, say, 10 years, he's done it in about two, three. Yeah, definitely. I think he's really impressed me so far. And the other thing you've got to think about as well is, not only is he picking up new skill in football in college, but... It's a challenging time in everyone's life as it is. So he's picking up football for the first time. He's then having to learn how to balance, say, work life in the football along with his study life as well because I'm sure with a lot of football programmes you have to be getting the equivalent of straight A's to actually stay on the programme itself. So Yes, a lot of them are. A lot yeah. of them are nowadays. There's uh, an incredibly high demand on student-athletes because um, gone are the days where the bone boneheaded jocks uh, uh, the football players were seen as boneheaded jocks who, you know, couldn't do two plus two, but you know knew how to tackle, and that's all they needed to. Now that um, education is such a high priority, it is now you're looking at four point oh's, and uh, if not that, you're looking at the high threes in grade point averages. Yeah. Um, I, I I personally don't know what he uh, he aspired to in his grade point average, but you know to come out the way he did, um, quite high in the draft, uh, would have to say that he's he's quite a resounding. Uh, academic as long uh, as well as an a- athlete yeah definitely and um we'll move nicely on now but a great achievement for Tannehill and really looking forward to seeing his progress for the rest of the season for like the last half of the season yeah I mean I think he's got like I said I think I mentioned this about three or four weeks ago didn't I I sat there and said I, I fear that Miami hadn't really shined as they I wanted them to I'd seen moments of greatness but nothing consistent um uh last week I was watching them um over the Colts yes the the victory didn't come their way, but there was there was definitely some um, pos- positivities. I mean, out of the running game, uh, I think I'm not a big fan of the running game because they've got too much going on. If you, I, I get a lot of places run two back systems, mm. but I saw uh, Reggie Bush coming out the backfield. Saw a guy called Miller out the backfield. There was another running back. Yeah, Daniel Thomas is around Thomas is yeah. Thomas out coming out the backfield. They had Tannehill on design runs. Uh, it's ooh too much. Too much. I like the two system, uh, two 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 back system, but I do not like this whole anybody can run it thing. Ooh, that's you kind of prefer to go back to the the older system they had where I like it may have even been last year where it'd be like Reggie Bush would be uh, get the ball down the field back and then Daniel Thomas seemed to be the pounder in the end zone back. Yeah, I like the flash and thunder system. I really do. I like flash and thunder. I think it works well. I think it's the dynamical changes that you need within two different individuals. I think that's all you need. If you've got a, a mobile quarterback, it's great. 
it's really great because of course that pocket awareness that can then be um, added on with some some fleet of foot can help extend plays you can make plays you know some people are really starting to make names for themselves as mobile quarterbacks you started off really with the sort of um, I think Michael Vick really blew up that genre didn't he absolutely he would have been the of the, the modern era of the modern uh, era yeah. yeah I mean because of course I think that I'm um, Everyone out there who's going to now query the the fact that this this person or that person actually started off, I'd say within this this series of um, this generation of footballers before we get into that. Uh, but Michael Vick sort of started this off. But you've got the Cam Newtons, the RG Freeze. Um, I, I think he, he he's he's not primarily the the run guy, but he's he's there's a different blend with quarterback now, which is the whole pocket kind of like the luck is perfectly po- pocketed. But there was a few runs against Miami that you saw him do. And there's Aaron Rodgers is another one where you don't think of him as a um, as a running quarterback, but got uh, boy has he got um, some serious feet on him. I mean, you watched it against Arizona, he had to get out of some tight situations. I think he clocked up about 30 yards running, which for a quarterback off about two, three runs. You're saying 10 yards on average, you know that's you know off just blown coverages. The guy can move. Yeah, and it's um it's working its way out through the ranks because perhaps mm. you can help me out with the the young lad's name, but the quarterback at Kansas State. That's oh, almost like a shoe in for the Heisman Klein, Trophy. Klein. Klein, yeah, he's got ridiculous amounts of rushing yards, touchdowns. Go along with the numerous passing yards he's got, which is why everyone's well. I mean, so uh, highly uh, touting him to win the Heisman this well, year. Yeah, I think I think Klein's thing is, of course, as well, is that he came into college as a tight end, I do believe, first, and then transitioned over to make a quarterback. Um, uh, there's a few guys as well that predominantly are just becoming running quarterbacks. I mean, the sort of whole Tim Tebow idea there's the um, the the guy uh, I can't think of his name his name's um, oh Bell I think it is yeah uh, I, what team are we thinking I'm trying to think uh, they play in red and I can't really think of the not team not Bama no it's not Bama um, uh, Oklahoma yes Oklahoma the Bellinator yes there you go thank <laughs> you at least one of us has got their brain switched on today um, he's literally he just sit there and go oh we're third and one bring him on or you're uh, like yeah. second in goal with Plays on the one mainly yarder. wildcat and short yardage yeah, situations I mean, doesn't he yeah I mean like I said I think we, we went over this last week so we're not going to go over the whole wildcat system again but um, yeah it seems to be a lot more the idea is that um, quarterback will have to be of a at least a minimal sort of scrambling ability there's now no longer any more sort of pocket pure passes so we're looking at quarterbacks that potentially would do their forty time in around sort of four, four, maybe four, five. Oh yes, you definitely want no one more than four, five, really, because you're getting yeah about tight end speed, really. Yeah. If the faster they get, of course, you know, the more more athletic they their build, the better. Absolutely. And just coming back to the the Dolphins Colts game, obviously there was another big achievement reached in that that game by a. Uh, a young rookie, I'm sure everyone knows by the name of Andrew Luck. If you don't know about him, you do now. And uh, and if you've only just heard about him now, then Google him, YouTube him, have a look. Check out his college career, check out his pro career so far in Indianapolis. Making a real name for himself and this year setting the most passing yards in a game by a rookie. Yes. Surpassing Cam Newton from last year. Yes, um, wow. Um, I think we spoke about this at the beginning of the season when I did the, the overtime, wasn't it? And we sat and went, who would have the better year? Between RG3 RG3 and Luck. And And we we both said that uh, Luck would get the better stats. 
and RG3 will get the better results. Where it seems that both balls have fallen in Lux Court at the moment. Five and three. Yeah, he has. He's really come on after the first few weeks. It was definitely for me. It seemed like Lux I just think seemed he... to be struggling when RG3 was at the top, and now it's swung the other way. And it's will it swing again, or will, will it not? Because I think looking at the schedules, I think it would be fair to say that. Andrew Luck may have the slightly easier schedule, particularly division-wise, in the South, barring Texans. So, hope you know that should generate sort of two, four years a year for him. Yeah, I mean, when you're playing, you know, mm-hmm. twice a year Jaguars and Titans, you know, that's a lot better than having to say play Dallas and Philly, Philly and New York yeah. twice a year. Um, I mean, that's just that's just tough. But I think um, I still think RG three has his place because we saw it. Um, I, I, I must admit I took extra care in watching him progress this week because I had him as my fantasy guy, yeah. as my quarterback. But I, you notice bits he has, he has the the especially going up against Cam Newton that was amazing this week to watch. Yes, I'm um, sorry taking so. away from the luck point, but we will divert back. Um, you saw Cam Newton, who um, a lot of people are starting to question. Mainly, Mainly because of his off, attitude on the off, side, yeah, isn't it? off off the pitch. But not only that, it's the some of the fundamentals um, are starting to show how leaky they were, and you know they didn't quite. Uh, the point was made back in um, Auburn, um, his college. Uh, for people who didn't know, um, the college he went to, Auburn College. Um, people were questioning them back there, but of course, then he goes wins the national championship. Everybody forgets, gets number one round in the draft. Last year comes out and breaks all these records. People forgetting still, even though they finished about four wins, five wins. Yeah, like didn't have a great season winning percentage wise, well, but yardage wise, he yeah, was up there. Yeah, they weren't. I don't think people were expecting. I think the problem is Carolina's defense is still fundamentally flawed, and they don't have an offensive line that could protect the boy. But it was more of a point that you know people saw the stats he was putting up against what people had done before because of course this was the first time we're really starting to see over the last five years or so rookies really thrown into the starting roles never used to be that way always used to have your franchise quarterback and rookie would sit on the sideline for two or three years kind of like Aaron Rodgers yeah in Favre's shadow and then he got his time to shine and boy did he use it but a lot more you going back a couple of years now but the year Ryan and Flacco both came out yes straight into the starting jobs both did very well yeah, both did they both get to the playoffs? Both got to the playoffs that year. Cam Newton came out. A lot of people weren't giving him such lofty heights as playoffs, I think, because the problems on opposite side of the ball and protecting him. But still, the numbers he put up and the fact he managed to get wins under his belt and wasn't like a, a two-win season or something pathetic like that. You know, it was it was decent with four or five wins. You know that you could you can credit to seeing progress made. Um, I think that's why this year they suddenly they suddenly crashed to one and six, one and seven. Was it one and six, one and seven? I think they got their second win. Second against, win this week against, against Washington. Against yeah. Washington, yeah, this is it. Leading up to the Washington game, they're one and six, one or seven. Um, people are really questioning his off the field antics, his fundamentals, and they're starting to see the cracks. Um, so when the original point, sorry, going back to taking on RG three against the likes of Cam Newton, he throws a better spiral. His head is a bit more screwed on in the um, in in the run when he he's he's playing his play actions. They look a little bit sharper. Um, he's still a little bit twitchy in the pocket. You can you can tell there's still the rookie the rookie bug there where the bit of pressure comes on, and he's still sort of trying to navigate the whole reaction time there and this is like you know the second difference from college to the pros which you know whereas in the college you might have been able to find that space to slip through and get out and then of course you're going for a sack in the NFL 
But give him his dues. Um, I believe they've got three wins under their belt so far. Um, they've got a bye week this week. But I'd like to see what he can do to progress on. I think this what, is RG3, sorry. RG3, we're yeah. talking about RG3, sorry. Um, yeah, RG3, I think give the boy his dues. He's fundamentally more sound. I think he's also got a better attitude. Yeah, on that, have you seen Any Given Sunday? Yes. The film? So, the way I would liken it is Cam Newton is Willie Beeman at the start of the film. Yeah. And maybe RG3 is Willie Beeman at the end of the film. Yes. Would that be a suitable... Yeah, character? I think I think that's a, that's a great analogy. The, um, the, the, the young rookie star quarterback comes in thinking he is the team, everything's about him, it's about his numbers, his production, doesn't necessarily have a team ethic, doesn't really care about anyone else. But by the end of the film, Al Pacino's got to him, he's slowly learning that he can't go out and do things for himself, he rubs everyone up the wrong way and slowly realises that almost becoming a man as a transition over the year realising that he needs to be a lot more responsible and he can still have flair moments but at the same time as we say he needs to be be switched on like as well Andrew Luck who let's come back to with mm. his break in the, the rookie record I mean as I say the last few weeks he has really really come on yes I mean he had a lot of thing. Uh, he had a lot of pressure put on him uh, coming out of college because of course number one pick uh, is always pressured um, to see how he performs, but not only that, there was a lot of lot of talk on him about being the most NFL ready quarterback to come out of college since Elway, and uh, there's some big boots to fill. Not just that as well, with the big boots to fill about the the pressure putting on him for the most NFL ready quarterback. But when you're following Peyton Manning, who's yeah. been at a franchise for that many years and done so well with that franchise, that they're not easy shoes to fill either. No, I think that's the biggest thing, is that you look, if you go back the um, three months or so to the um, pre-season, um, sort of back in August, just watching him sort of, the you know, he didn't have a great pre-season, um, and it was a case of a lot of people looked ominously at it, and I think he's proved his doubt was wrong so far. I mean, yes, it's only five and three. There's still a lot of way to go. We're only hit halfway. But I'd like to give the credit to, to him for the first half of the season. I think he's done a spectacular job. And I, I wish him all the well for the second half of the season. I really do. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, we've, um, so let's move on now to our weekly awards. I feel it's time. I think we're ready. I think I'm sure that's what you've all been waiting for, especially now we've trimmed them right back down to two. <laughs> so, Kept the two best. Yeah, exactly. Kept the two best. So let's have the Megatron Award for Offensive Impact Player. As we've been talking about offences, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So I'm going to start that thing where I go, it's ready for our Megatron Award, which is for our Offensive Impact Player. Player! There we go. Um, I'm going to start off with my second place this week. Not quite there. Uh, this is runner-up, silver medal. And it's going to go to Mikel LeSure, Detroit Lions running back. Sorry, I thought that was some kind of drink or starter dish. <laughs> no, actually, it, it was kind of surprising to watch this guy. He had 70 yards and three touchdowns on a very impressive Detroit and easy Detroit Lion win over the Jaguars. But what I was more impressed with is the fact that this guy, along with a lot of Detroit Lions, had some real off-the-field issues over the off-season. I mean, um, when Detroit Lions, who hasn't, but at the same time, he had the ban at the beginning of the season. He got his head back on straight. He's had a couple of good weeks now under his belt. And he really outshone for me for this one. Um, there was a lot of short yardage situations, short fields for Detroit Lions. Um, hence why they're only 70 yards. I feel if, if Jaguars had actually done enough to sort of put them back further in their own field, there might be an extra 20, 30 yards there that he could have gained. 
uh, maybe got a hundred yard game. But it's, it's, it was the sense that uh, clearly the boys come in, switch his head back on. Um, I actually I would check him out. He's actually younger than me. Uh, really? He's, he's only twenty two years old. Um, and literally, the guy obviously uh, the misdirection of youth at some at some points along the road didn't really help him in the off season. And I, I really do wish him to sort of get his neck down and put in consistent days like this each week. But uh, I think Detroit Lions came in, they bossed it on the air, they bossed it on the ground, they bossed it on defence, special teams, literally bossed all over the Jaguars pretty much. But he really stood out to me, not just the three touchdowns, but the, the productivity and going from sort of um, bad boy to um, to sort of, you know, sort of teammate. That's the word I'm looking for, for all-round teammate, helping his team out, getting a win. Oh, brilliant. So your first place for your award winner this week. Let's have a little game because if it's if it's who I think it might be, has he won the award previously? I think he has. Does he play for a Florida-based side? Possibly. <laughs> do, do they play in red? At times. Is it... <laughs> Doug Martin. Yes, of course it is <laughs> Doug Martin. I, I don't know how you couldn't give Megatron Award to Doug Martin. I mean, the guy literally came in there and absolutely ripped the Raiders apart. I mean, the guy had over 250 yards. He had four touchdowns. Literally, it's all anyone's really talked about. Um, you know, Tampa Bay, where were they for the first four games of the season? Nowhere. Where were they? I mean, we saw, we saw him actually have good games in the first four games. So, we, you know... It wasn't just suddenly like, whoa, where's this come from? And last week, absolutely just annihilation of, you know, yardage on ground and air. He's so diverse. He's so quick. He's so hard to tackle. He's so strong. At the same time, you're sitting there going, you know, this guy is still a rookie. You know, he's, he's just come into the league and he's doing this sort of thing on a team where we're not really expecting this from them. We're not expecting great, amazing things from them, yet he's delivering week in and now week out. Yeah, so this week was 251 yards on the ground, three touchdowns, four touchdowns this, this week. Four touchdowns, just yes. Just phenomenal. And, and here's a little nugget I picked up online when I was just uh, perusing. Doug Martin is now only the second player in this modern Super Bowl era to rush for 251 yards in a game. Can you and can the viewers name the other? Is it Mr. Adrian Peterson? No. Oh, in which case, I'm afraid I'm out of this game. But you guys listening at home, why don't... Uh, Adri, Adri's not going to give away the answer. Why don't you get back to us on... By tweeting me at Adri Mallows, sending us an email, bullhawksnest at gmail.com. There's a comment section at the bottom of the lowdown now. Um get in touch let us know if firstly the correct answer i think will deserve a prize uh, a big prize as well because i think it's a tough question and i'm you'll get a shout out of course as well absolutely and, and lee is testament to that and uh, i will give you his thoughts on his prize after he's received that because i'm sure he will let us know <laughs> yeah, <I'm sure>. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah brilliant get in touch Doug Martin, brilliant performance. We've already kind of discussed him, so we'll... Congratulations, Doug Martin. You win the Megatron Award this week for being the Offensive Impact Player. Player! Now, let's move on to the question Lee also raised this week. It falls back to the quarterbacks, just while we're on the offensive theme. Who is going to be the first starting quarterback to be dropped this year? Um, first starting quarterback to be dropped... 
Um, it is, I'd have to say, it, you've got a flip. Well, I don't know, actually, if you could say, actually, technically, there has already been one dropped. Which is? Matt Castle. I know it was technically out of injury, but it was kind of, he could have played, and they went for Brady Quinn. So I don't know if he could technically but he was be more caught. questionable, so it was on the injury we're, we're, list. We're, we'll, we're going to ignore him as yeah. being the first. Okay, in which case, um, I have three people, which is Matt Castle again. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Matt Castle, doing really well, especially being on my wall of shame this week as well. You've got Matt Castle... Mark Sanchez and Michael Vick. Yeah, interesting three. I think I would I would agree with some of those. Who would be Michael Vick's replacement, though? Well, the problem is, to be honest, I don't think anyone you put back there. You could put um, someone like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, um, take some greats like uh, the great Unitas or Elway. I don't think anyone can find production in Philadelphia without an actual offensive line that wants to block. Yeah, that doesn't help. And I also think that Vic tends to find himself in situations where he can easily be hit as well. I think I don't know whether maybe if he just either threw the ball away or took the I say take the sack more because obviously he is taking a lot of hits. But oh, maybe he stayed in the pocket, you know, threw the ball away a bit more. Maybe that would help his well, situation. I, I think the fact is he's getting hit a lot, but not only that is he, he's always had a problem with the way he's held the ball. Now I know people keep talking about the fact that he sat there when he spent an entire off season basically clutching a ball. Um, but as he still holds it inferior to what you'd call a safe grip, where he, he has it slightly open, tends to uh, mull it into one hand, and you know all you're waiting for is a helmet or a fist to just literally punch that bad boy out of there. And it's you know guys are taught to rip, you know defensive linemen are taught to rip, linebackers are taught to rip. You see the you see the quarterback, you rip. And I'm sorry, it's just, it's too easy. The, the fumbleitis this year has literally, he's come down with it in the most severe case I've ever seen. I mean, we have to put, might have to put him down, I'm afraid. Uh, it's been that bad. Wow, that's a, uh, yeah, nice little pun there with the whole dog fighting. Sorry. Team, I, putting him down. I, I'm no, sorry. No I'm so, pun intended, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know that's really distasteful, but uh, watch quite. I still, uh, to be honest, in my books, he should never have come back to the NFL. I still haven't forgiven him for that, so... Um, Maybe I'm just being a big softy dog lover, but still, in my opinion, to be honest, the sooner he leaves the NFL, the better. Really? Yeah. So out of those, though, Castle, Vic, and Sanchez, who do you think would be the first to go? Um, I think Vic is safe until Andy Reid is gone, and I think they'll give Andy Reid to the end of the season, which basically means, uh, yeah, Vic will get to the end of the season. Sanchez, unfortunately, I think he'll keep sticking around for a bit just because Tebow isn't the guy to fill in the slot. You, what, what are you going to do? You're going to play constant wildcat and then hope he, you know, we saw this in in, Dem, in Denver last year where he'd have production of like less than 100 yards in a game from 20 passes and you have 90 yards out of him. No, 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 no. That's not Jet Ball. I mean, I know Jet Ball has gone to this whole um, smash mouth run game which is awesome because Sean Green is amazing at it kudos to you sir for being a star on an otherwise quite dull team um, but it, it seems to be that I'd say Castle is literally because you have got the likes of Quinn sitting behind him who to be honest it's you know heads or tails which guy to be honest because I think Quinn um, has had his confidence completely just annihilated rock bottomed after I can't, a few unsuccessful years at Cleveland. Mm -hmm. I think they've left the boy decimated. Um, I think if I'm uh, it's Brady Quinn, to be honest, never really came into the NFL with the right um, attitude. Uh, he got dropped, didn't he, in the in the draft? 
uh, dropped a couple of places that sort of shook him uh, playing for Cleveland again shook him because it was very difficult to try and get on in Cleveland along with the fact that you're having a very tough crowd to play to Cleveland fans are very devoted and they want to see they want to see production and then where do you get picked up from next you get picked up at Kansas City who let's face it that's like watch quit I've jumped out the frying pan and I've just decided to hop into the fire you know yeah. Um, but I honestly think um, Romeo might literally. I mean, Castle just Castle looks so shaky. I mean, they put a lot of money behind him being after that one good season, stepping in for um, Brady, and literally thought, well, he wants starting time. We need a starting quarterback after was it, Trent Edwards was their last proper starter, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and literally after his, he had one concussion too many. Um, I think they had that slot to fill he was supposedly the one to fill it and no he wasn't the one to fill it unfortunately I think um, the, the the stars shone a little bit too brightly and uh, sort of very burnt out very quickly in Kansas so I think like I said I, in one way you could say he almost was already dropped so I, I can easily see him getting re-dropped yeah and for my well, my way of thinking I want to be slightly different because you've given three great examples there of, of people who are most likely to be dropped first I'm going to go out on a limb with a little bit of a curveball and Ooh. say that I have two that I think could potentially get dropped two that I haven't mentioned two that you haven't mentioned oh wow Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> in Buffalo Bills yeah if for anything it would potentially come down to fan pressure more than anything if Buffalo don't start to improve their record there's going to be a hell of a lot of people calling for both Gailey and Fitzpatrick's head, especially with the big money Fitzpatrick got last year. A lot of money, a lot of money. his production since that big contract, he was supposed to be the franchise's answer, but doesn't really, it doesn't seem to be working out. I don't know what it is. Whether well, it's, it's, working, coach. it's working out for him, obviously, well, with the money with he's going to make. Yeah, but um, fundamentally-wise, he's, he's got the new coach, David Lee, in this year, been making changes to the way he plays. Whether it's going to take time for those fundamental changes to sink in, or whether those fundamental changes have actually now affected the way he can throw a deep ball. He, admittedly, he wasn't great at it before, but he was hitting a lot more deep balls to Stevie Johnson and, and Donald Jones last year yep. than he has been hitting this year. He's been missing yeah. far too many receivers this year, so potentially that comes down to the fundamentals he's been, Again, being taught. Yeah, I mean, but it shows as well with the production of Chandler, who who is the sort of most of the time the breakdown option, which basically means when the the play hasn't been there. Chandler's production has gone through the roof because literally the only one who's open is a tight end because people are securing out the wide receivers. And that's Scott Chandler. Chandler, yes. Chandler, whatever. Okay, and the other one, even if it's just purely for a game to teach him a lesson, <laughs> Cam Newton. <laughs> because I figure Steve Smith has more sway in that locker room and in that franchise than Cam Newton potentially ever will have. Mm -hmm. And the more disruption there appears to be between the two, the more I can see both players and coaches aligning with Steve Smith because... The guy is just his production over the years in what is not necessarily a great franchise. The way he plays the game, his general outlook on life, his attitude. It's been his only very franchise, team hasn't it? It's been his only franchise. Very much team player as opposed to the wannabe superstar, as we were saying before. Hmm. So, if I had to pick between the two, though, Cam Newton or, or Fitzpatrick, yeah, I'm gonna say. Cam Newton because I'm a Bills fan and I don't really, <laughs> don't really see Fitzpatrick getting dropped too soon but Cam Newton maybe benched for a game mm. and said listen you work on your attitude you'll be benched if you don't like it we'll trade you because there's a yeah. few options coming through this year from college 
Yeah. With AJ McCann from uh, Alabama. Oh, yeah. I believe should be eligible this year. Also, we have Klein, who we're talking about, from Kansas. Um, You have... Uh, oh. Uh, Matt Barkley from uh, USC, of course, of course deferred, yeah. deferred the option last year so that he could concentrate on USC and come back, so he'll be eligible. Absolutely, not having a great year, so he might end up being a, a sneaky pick for someone lower down the draft yeah. because he was picked as a clear Heisman winner at the start of the season, but <laughs> production and since then, it seems to have, well, marketing him as a clear favourite, it hasn't done him any favours. No, no, yeah. Um, the only problem I'd say with that one is, 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 I mean, what's the backup like in uh, Carolina? Who is their backup? EJ, this is where I need you, my good man. The backup in Carolina, guys, give us a shout out about um, your 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 ideas on this. Who do you think you'll be the first person to do? We can maybe, if enough people of you uh, get back on us, we can find a little poll we can investigate next week to see um, what you guys are thinking about. Absolutely, we can. Uh, I'm sure I can muster up a poll between. The quarterbacks we've mentioned certainly oh, well, that's, in the episode. That's five, is it? Five so five. Far, that's, yeah. that's a good selection, I think, to pick off from guys. You, uh, you have your say now, though. We really love to hear from you. Absolutely. That's why we pretend not to know answers like Carolina's backup, even though we secretly do, because we would love to get your feedback. Yeah. Moving finally on to <laughs> on. the defensive impact player. Player. That's right. Okay, Mister Ray Lewis himself award. Where we're looking at this week, um, the defensive impact players from that. I, I've, I've got my two selections again. So I'm going to start with my, my silver medalist this week. Um, a little bit out there. I mean, what do you call it? it was, uh, I, I did a lot of investigating to find this guy. And uh, here it goes. So second place, not the winner. The second place of uh, the Ray Lewis Award this week goes to Demario Williams, San Diego middle linebacker. Really? Yes. Uh, literally, I'm looking around the league trying to find someone who really stood out on defense this week. There's a couple of people that I was like, oh, I've got to go and check out this team because the defensive team as a unit put on a great show and they're the sort of places I went to first. But I try to look a little bit of a layer underneath that. Now, this guy here, he had two tackles in the game, so not amazing, but he also had an interception, a 59-yard return for a touchdown that interception. He caused a forced fumble later on in the game, which really sort of cemented San Diego's clutch on it because it was, it was that, that was really tough for me because the, the interception is great, two tackles and stuff like that. I'm sure I could find someone else who had an interception return, more tackles and stuff like that. But the forced fumble was at a critical time when Kansas City were coming. Uh, it was like their last comeback. He got the forced fumble, broke it down, and literally, I think, killed off Kansas City's hope. And for that, I mean, if there's not an impact is, is stabbing the heart of the other team, oh, I don't know what is. Absolutely, and this is why we like to have it as an impact player because it's very easy to just total up all the numbers, but we're looking for the players who have had the biggest, uh, as it says on the tin, impact on the game that they're playing in. So is there, is there a bit of coincidence, though, as to why your your last two runners-up have both been middle linebackers from AFC West teams? I don't know. I don't know. It's <laughs> what you call it. Um, whether or not, I mean, the AFC West is suddenly... Um, I, I don't know. Uh, the AFC West is kind of a tricky one to sort of coordinate yourself you're looking at it, they're going who's up who's down and they keep deciding they can't decide amongst themselves um who's going to be where each week in, in or out so to be honest that's quite fun to sort of delve into um all you afc west fans out there who are now sitting there um scorning me but literally look it, out for von miller on next week's runner-up for defensive <laughs> impact player well it isn't gonna be a kansas city player let's face it like that well that's true kansas city fans are literally gonna hunt me down aren't they they don't have enough money to do that. Wow. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> as the tumbleweed goes swiftly by. 
Awesome. Um, let's, let's get on to let's move on to, to number one because I can still hear that tumbleweed floating past me. <laughs> let's go. Follow you around all week. Um, it's gonna go, Mr. Ray Lewis for the week with that honour to have that by your name Ooh, is a repeat. Well, oh yeah, I was about to say. I, I reckon name. I can guess this one as well. Is a repeat offender this week. This is the second time this gentleman has won this award, kind of like Doug Martin. A repeat defender. Ah, there we go. It's going to. <laughs> Charles Tillman, cornerback, Chicago Bears. An awesome week he had this week. Again, not necessarily high. Well, actually, high on the tackle count, nine tackles. Nine tackles, but four forced fumbles. Unbelievable, Jeff. I don't know what he was putting, packing into his gloves, like concrete or something, because every time he hit that ball, it dislodged it. And literally, this guy looked in there stripping the ball. He's like a little Jack Russell getting in there, stripping it out like fighting for the ball literally the guy is like I said I said that before I think he's about 31 the guy is looking towards the downturn of the career which most people will have supposedly this, supposedly this guy is having an absolute blinder of a season yeah. I mean literally the guy there is probably already pro bowl bound he's going to be at least I'd have to say on the all american list you know it's 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 going to have to be the, the sense that this guy is, is, is I'd like to see actually Chicago with this current run of form I'd like to see them get into playoffs and do really well because of course the one other notoriety really since the, the 80s and the dominance yeah. really the one notoriety was when they faced Manning um, and, and back when he was a Colt um, was it 2006 in the Super Bowl? Oh, the Super Bowl, the Colts won, you mean, when Manning yeah. won his own Super Back Bowl? Yeah, in, back in, in the, pretty much the Monsoon Bowl um, in Miami, where it yes, pretty much yes. just rained, rained and rained, and we ended up with a, say, 14-7 scoreline. I can't remember what it was. But literally, um, I haven't really se- we haven't really seen as much production from Chicago. I mean, you talk about the, the Bears' defence, but literally, I mean, this guy stood out. You've got Erlacher, who, again, he's kind of, after the injury, he's probably on the last couple of season maybe seasons you might be able to eke out another one they've got some uh, great new um, to new secondary they've added as well the the defensive line looks great is Jennings one of their new quarterbacks Jennings Jennings oh he's awesome the other side you've got Tillman and Jennings I'm loving that pairing at the moment um, on the offense Cutler Marshall combo is on fire Forte is having a blinder I'm loving what he's doing on the ground I, I really, really love these guys as the dark horse to come out and really sort of show punch I mean Though saying that, actually, I don't even think they're actually dark horse at the moment. I mean, what are they? Are they shooting six and two? Yeah, when you look at the NFC North, um, it was a tight division last year with Detroit, Green Bay, obviously, and Chicago. Pretty sure all three got to the playoffs last year, mm. memory serves. Looking at the same sort of turnout this I think year you, as well. Well, I think you will. I, I, it, it sounds... Because you've got Vikings this year who've, who've sometimes found contention. Yes, OK, the last two weeks they've really fallen flat on their nose a little bit. But... Um, I'd have to say that there is there's definitely in principle there is there is a sense that again talking about another full conference here the NFC North is is definitely one I can't decide upon each week but back to the to to the business Mr. Ray Lewis for the week Charles Tillman you get another honor in this single season I didn't even think we get one one or two this year that might double up but you sir you are absolutely owning it you are our Mr. Ray Lewis our defensive impact Player. Player. So, with the awards nicely uh, settled away for another week, getting uh, dusty, let's look ahead towards next week's games and mm. our usual swing yes. of the week. Looking at the games, what, what would be your first pick? 
Uh, it's got to be Atlanta versus New Orleans. Yeah. Simply got to be Atlanta. Everyone loves a divisional battle, but not only that, we've got the added pressure that you've got. Atlanta still trying to maintain this perfect record. So we've got a perfect record to maintain. Not only that, we've got this supposed a big, big um, brag by, um, if anyone out there saw it, uh, of, of Drew Brees in contention with his team saying that they're ready to sort of make the leap from this, their, their woeful start and then suddenly making some, finding some format, three and five, making a contention for it. Um, though they sit third behind um, uh, behind Tampa, um, Tampa and Atlanta, it's going to be definitely a a marksman of of words this week where he's got some big boots to fill. And you know what? I think he's written a, a check that his defense can't cash. No, and I think as well looking at the the fixtures as I was sort of next few weeks going onwards, the Vulcans obviously eight and zero at the moment. I, by the time they get to New York Giants in in week fifteen, they could quite feasibly be thirteen and zero, even though they have to play the Saints twice. Yes, yes, easily, easily. I mean, it's just it's a sense that I think everything is starting to go right. Um, you've got Turner in the backfield. You've got Julio Jones, Roddy White. You've got Ryan thrown to them, who is on fire. Gonzalez still is absolutely churning out yardage by the bucketful. Um, the defense has come on leaps and bounds because that was the only problem. Of course, is that the, the, the defense had, was full of holes. They plugged up some of those holes. Still a little bit leaky at times. I mean, uh, you looked at the way that they couldn't really defend people like um, the Raiders uh, a few weeks back, where the Raiders nearly upset them. And um, I think there will be a lot of yardage in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those shoot 'em ups where literally you're going to have like 30 points on either side because uh, it, you know. Give Saints credit; they do have a good offense. Still, it's just that defense. The defense won't stop Matt Ryan and all his weapons. Absolutely. And what what sort of percentage are we going for on the swing? It's it's going to be quite bone crunching this week. I'd have to say sort of eighty twenty in favor of Atlanta. Really? Yeah. It's honestly, I'd sit there and go. It's one of those things. It is even going to just be um, the staple match of the week where I say eighty twenty, or it is going to be the upset of the week. And this is it's going to be a big to- talking point for us next week. Because literally, it is in the the dome, not the Georgia Dome. Sorry, saying I'm saying it's in the dome. The two teams that play in the dome. It is in the the. Oh, is it? Is it the Ultra Dome? Uh, uh, Metro. I can't remember what the, the Super Dome. Super Dome, isn't it? Why am I thinking Super? I'm sitting there going, Super Dome didn't sound right in my head, but there you go. It is in the Super Dome. So Saints are at least at home. Um, but I honestly, I still think that's not going to make any difference because you have got Atlanta, who are a dome team playing under a dome. Though it is an an opposing dome, I still think there's still going to be no trouble for them whatsoever. So I'm, I am actually going to give my swing over eighty twenty to Atlanta. Brilliant. And there's a game that's uh, looking at that's really intriguing me for next next week. Sorry, is the New York Jets at Seattle. Mm-hmm. I think if it wasn't at Seattle, I don't think it would as intrigue me as much. But with those fans out there in Seattle and the noise the crowd are going to make, the way the Jets are struggling, the way the Seahawks are playing really well, they they have had a few shaky moments as well. The Seahawks, it's not like they're unfallible. So I think it'd be a really well, interesting. Well, a seventy-yard run by Adrian Peterson shows that, doesn't it? Well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, but Adrian Peterson is Adrian Peterson. We were worried, wondering about him at the start of the season and how he would turn out, but he seems to be clicking into gear over the last few weeks. But I digress, obviously, away from the the game there slightly. Getting back to Jets Seattle, Sanchez against the, and the offensive line against that Seattle defense, who are making a name for themselves in the sack department. They, they're coming up with I think at least two, three sacks a game, aren't they, at the moment? Something like that. Something silly. It's just can can the Jets O line, which is 
let's face it, one of the best offensive lines in the game. Yeah. Who's going to win in the trenches there? Is it going to be the D-line of the Seahawks? Is it going to be the the Jets' offensive line? Now, I pick it as my swing of the week, but in this one I'm going with a really, really tight one. I'm going for a 55-45 to the Seahawks because they're at home. Yeah, no, I, th- I think the, uh, the 12th man, as the, the crowd's being dubbed, is, is, is very prominent there. And I think you're right. Being in um, uh, New Jersey, I don't think you'd have a problem. Um, but actually being on the other side of the, the country in um, Quest, isn't it? Questfield? Yes. Yeah, in Questfield. Um, the weird patterning, the way that it, it messes around, firstly with the wind in that place and then the noise. Yeah, that's going to throw up some real big troubles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you have a second swing of the week or should we call it a day there and uh, leave well, it up to I, our fans I, I, I to think, get in touch? And... I think what you got, I, 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 I would have a swing of the week, but what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to throw it out there and what I want to do is I want to have the uh, the feedback come back and people actually set your swing. So this is an open swing, guys. I want to hear what you guys would put for a swing on this one match and this one I'm going to go for is Lions Vikings yeah see that does intrigue me as well that match up with the way we've been talking about the Vikings D matching up against Megatron again I've I've gone for another divisional one as well but it's it's more the fact that Lions um, you know watch what they had a, a slump and now they've come out of it and it seems the reverse is happening for the Vikings, where the Vikings started off strong and they're in a slump. I'd like to see if they can really turn it around against the divisional rival. Now, like I said, I'm going to keep this swing all up to you guys. So, um, if you want, start with the heading swing and give us your, you know, percentage-wise, either side, let us know. And we want to see what sort of side is really going to tally out. Who are you voting for? Are you uh, uh, an, a Vikings? Are you for the purple people eaters? Are you more for the, for the, the baby blue and silvers? I mean, let us know, guys, on... By emailing us, bullhawksnest at gmail.com, tweet me at Adri Mallows, or leave some feedback on either the blog itself, you can put a comment, or on the, the website. So, it's been great, as always, I think we should call it a day there. Um, Absolutely, We yeah. seem to have slightly overrun <laughs> on our usual, try to keep it to about sort of 40 minutes for you guys, but hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have this week. Great to uh, speak to you, as always, Marcus. Lee from Edinburgh, that goodie package will be in the on post you are. We'll it's contact you to get your address details. Um, enjoy that and let us know what you think of it. Don't forget, let us know your swing of the week. Play a poll. I think that's it from us this week. There's, so a, there's a lot for you to get involved this week. There really is. It's, ab- it's all for you guys. Absolutely. So it's good night from him. And sayonara from me.